0: square Uh in the frosty air. And
1: Episode of I'm No Joe, your home for all things combat sports and the place where every armchair quarterback can feel a fit drop. The views and opinions presented on the I'm No Joe channel belong solely to the person expressing them, no one else. If we say it, then we meant it. That being said, this show does contain adult themes, adult content, and general shit that you shouldn't be letting your kids intake. Advised, viewer discretion is recommended. Proceed at your own risk. You've been warned. This goes out to one very special young man, and I genuinely hope someone clips and sends this to him. Aaron Hansen, Ego Raptor, you've been confused for so long, baby boy, and I just want to take a moment here. And try and help you with that conf- confusion. So, from the original 1951 until 1981, Carl Banks had set the Clan McDuck, thereby leading into Donald and his namesake sister, Thelma, originally as the heir commonplace namesake that folks would recognize Thelma thereby siring Huey, Dewey, and Louie, the nephews who would become more infamous than any of their predecessors, though Thelma's mate was never specifically addressed. But then in 1993 Don Rosa rewrote the original Clan McDuck timeline in The Life and Times of Scrooge McDuck to clarify things, and he did at that point change one crucial thing that I think might lead to what's giving you all this disillusion of the duck family lineage and that don changed donald's sister's name from thelma to della duck still siring the aforementioned huey dewey and louie with no namesake sire but the change of name is enough to throw any man's common sense to the wind that being said Welcome ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of appropriate ages to the latest episode of the I'm No Joe podcast, a show where every armchair quarterback can feel like Eddie Bravo. Today, as like most days, I have got a glorious panel here with me to get into the shit talking and the shenaniganry we have got to look forward to on this beautiful, punchy, kicky, blessed weekend. But before we get into all the fun and fuckery, first and foremost, gentlemen, how the hell are you doing this fine evening?
2: Doing pretty fucking good. It's been a decent week after Thanksgiving. Got a lot to look forward to this weekend. A lot of fucking fights going on. Some local shit. Shamrock card. Don't want to see it in person. 15 fucking UFC fights. I'm excited.
3: Yes, sir. Dude, can can we say wild fucking weekend? As far as MMA, kicky punches as a whole is concerned. You got what? The technically one is two different cards because there's one on Friday night and one on, or one on Prime Saturday and morning. You. You've got Bellator with card, BKFC with a card, and the UFC with a fucking absolutely stacked non-fucking pay-per-view. And I'll say, I, look, as far as non-pay-per-view cards go, this is the best fight night we have had all fucking year as far as st- the amount of stacking that they've done in that,
2: like yeah, this weekend money. might fucking be better than next. You're just week. Sitting
3: in the back room, blowing their fucking load with folks <laughs> on this one, and I'm for it. I'm here for it.
1: Yeah,
2: like we're true. gonna get a few fights that are decent next
3: weekend, but I honestly think, like as a
2: whole, this card would probably be better than next fucking week. <laughs> Very well
3: could be. I mean, it's a it's wild been, you, for for if you're fan, for sure. you better have like six tv set up and don't even bother just put your bar right in front of you because there's no reason to get the fuck
1: up <laughs> i mean look like that chinese dude that was playing pokemon go and have four three different old cell phones wired up on wi-fi set up on a little fucking homemade grid so i can have all the different fucking cards streaming through god damn <laughs> right <laughs> uh so that being said um I did not do a What Did I Say Show recap for the last Thanksgiving pre-weekend because, honestly, there there was nothing to be recapped. Everything that went down that weekend was just fucking terrible um, in so much that it literally bleeds over into our news in recent events to start off this week. Um, before we even got to the card last weekend – Uh, We found out that Derek Lewis had been hospitalized just before the actual card started off was treated and then released and tried to convince the committee that, or the commission rather, that he was good to go, but they would not let him go through. So they canceled the main event at the last minute and changed things around. Um, Derek Lewis is said to be okay. It was a non weight cutting related hospitalization illness is all they told us officially. um, But, we didn't know that Derek was released from the hospital and did try to come back and fight, but they just weren't going to let him at that point. I call um,
3: shenanigans on this fucking commission, man. If he says he's good, let the man fucking fight. Although, that brings into play that shit we were talking about two weeks ago where people are trying to fight through shit they probably shouldn't be. So, maybe good on them. But at the same time, I was still pretty pissed that that fucking fight got scrapped. Because
1: well, that, and you also have to realize that one of the main things that a fighter would be treated with when he's hospitalized that would be an IV. And we both know how that works. And especially with the new rule set, it doesn't matter what it's for, who administers it, you cannot have IVs period before a fight. So especially leading right into it like that. We'll, yeah. and we'll touch back again on that in some more news in a minute because, oh yeah, UFC going to UFC, uh, but yeah, I'm just glad to hear that uh, it it was nothing too serious and that Derek was released from the hospital and should subsequently be okay from it. Um, But one of the other things from last weekend that I didn't get to talk about because I didn't do a recap show was the nutshot filled fuckery match that was the Zula-Zumagulov fight um, (coughs) resulting in one of the fucking most blatant ridiculous fucking decision giveaways that I've seen in recent times. Leading directly, unfortunately, into Mr. Zulim Gulov deciding that he is going to officially retire from MMA, understandably, after that fucking nonsense. Um, Not that he was on the path to, to taking the belt anytime, immediately, or anything like that, but the dude was fucking fun. The dude had, you know, great fucking potential, and to see something like that go so fucking sour that he's willing to just hang it up. It sucks, man. That 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 just sucks. <laughs> um, that being said, though, that leads us into this coming weekend. Um, we found out last week that Derek Brunson is injured with a quote unquote undisclosed injury. I say in air quotes for those listening. Uh, but luckily for them, uh, Jack Hermanson stepped up and is now going to take on Roman DeLeze this weekend on the UFC card. So. Making the best out of sour grapes as it were. Uh I think it'll still be a, a pretty interesting match. Um, maybe even more so than it would have been. Uh I think Hermanson could put up a little bit more of an interesting fight style-wise to delete than even Blonde Brunson might. So you know, we'll see. We'll see when it comes around. Um one thing we did get though was a fucking stockpile of UFC two hundred eighty-two news. In the last uh, week or so Since we have talked to you fine folks Um, So Let me start At the the base and we'll work our way up here So For the third time In a row OSP's opponent Has pulled out Felipe Lenz has now Withdrawn for again quote unquote Air quotes for those listening Undisclosed injuries uh, A week and a half out from the fucking fight So (sighs) We already know how that goes, but luckily for him, the UFC had on tap a brand new guy to step in and make his debut in the form of Antonio Tricoli. So, OSP is staying on the card, and he's going to welcome a new guy to the UFC, so good on him for that, for, for sticking around, and fucking, man, OSP has just had horrible fucking luck lately, so it's nice to see that they at least found somebody to get him in there, and it being a new guy gives him a good chance to get out there and get a win, so... We'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um. Another one who got just shit fucking luck when it comes to the deal. Uh, Cameron Saimon, uh, former Contender Series alumnus, uh, had his opponent drop out, but luckily they were able to pull together not only another gentleman to make his debut against Cameron saying but another fellow six and O fighter coming into the UFC. So we've got a 6-0 guy making his UFC debut and a 6-0 guy guy making his official UFC debut coming up from Contenders where he obviously got the fucking nod. So that's going to be a pretty cool fucking thing to see one of the Contender Series guys come in and they literally matched him the absolute best they possibly fucking could have. They gave him a mirror image record-wise and experience-wise. Let's see it, boys. Have at. That I fucking agree with. I like those kind of matchups for Contender Series guys.
3: Fuck yeah. Uh, put them on the right track early rather than trying to throw them
1: into the fucking meat grinder yeah, right away. Yeah, exactly. Let, them, let both guys show what they've got against guys of their own caliber.
3: I'd rather Crazy see concept, that all but... day because then we can actually see those guys grow as fighters. Slowly move themselves up. Don't get me wrong. There are instances but they're few and far between where that guy's fresh coming in that deserves to be up there but most of the time that's not even the case like to be honest I, even with bo nickel i like where they're kind of bringing him in at i want to don't get me wrong i want to see him shoot to the top but not in that instant fashion like what we saw to him in the cans and Thunder series fuck that that was fucking fantastic He can obviously beat the fuck out of soup cans, but the slow those guys into this, even when they're of that kind of caliber and have that name recognition, slow them up a little bit just to see
1: where they really are. That's a wonderful thing. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. (laughs) So uh, the other big chunk of 282 News uh yuri prohaska has officially injured his shoulder requiring surgery and physical therapy rehab um he is going to be out no less than eight months they say potentially up to a year to a year and a half depending on how surgery heals and based on how recent injuries from other fighters go it's better to look at the long end Um, But in being injured, uh, obviously, he is out of the fight with Glover Tejira. And to take things one step further, leaning back into his Bushido code, uh, so as to not hold up the division while he is recovering from his surgery, he also relinquished the light heavyweight belt. Said that when he is healed and he is ready, he will come back. And he will fight whoever has the belt that doesn't matter because it's only fair to not hold the division up. So, hey, I got to tip my fucking cap for that. Respect, like a motherfucker. Mad
2: respect for it, but I still, I just, I don't need it. I think it's the dumbest decision he could have made to let go of the belt when you see what Francis Ngannou's done for the past year. Oh, yeah. No,
1: I, 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 I. I, l- l- let me Just like,
2: fin- I know he probably doesn't care about money, but financially right. speaking, it was like right. not smart idea.
1: No, just just clarify. I don't think it's a a smart idea. Yeah, to be clear, I don't think it's a smart idea at all. I think it's stupid as fuck. And it doesn't
2: guarantee that he'll get to fucking, like, if he gets healthy, right? If a lot of time passes, it doesn't guarantee they'll just throw him right back. That must be on
3: the opposite side of this. I think, as far as this is concerned, that's the smartest thing he could do. Because he's he's showing more than one avenue here. One, he's better than Francis Ngannou. As a human I, being, I think
1: he's definitely putting his balls in a wheelbarrow for sure. And Oh,
3: dude! You know what? <laughs> Knowing that he had the wherewithal to do that, and how he came about taking the belt, he didn't just take it. He destroyed getting there. As and much as awkward, a lot of us like really to give him well. shit, he has absolutely earned that right to be champion. <laughs> To be honest, I like the way that he's doing it saying, you know what? I don't want to hold this up. I appreciate that probably more than anybody else because I fucking hate shit being held hostage. The fucking heavyweight division right now because of Francis fucking piece of shit in Ganu, If that dude got hit by a semi truck (laughs) and started on fire in front of me, heavyweight champ or not, I'm not pissing on you to put you out. At this point, you've held that division up for almost two fucking years. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Guess what? That's a I guy like, like I, Yuri I,
3: who just comes into it and says, you know what? Shut up. Take my shit. I'm going to go heal up. And then I'm going to come back and take that fucking belt again. I like that way more. And he's doing more than one thing here. He's selling his product. And he's doing it in a phenomenal fashion. And he's also selling the UFC at the same time in a phenomenal fashion. Because that gives somebody else the chance to go in there, take the belt. And when he comes back, all right. I let you play for a little while. Now's my time. Come to wait for that spinning back elbow because you're going to sleep too, motherfucker. Yeah, I, said, I, mean, I can't lie. It gives me yeah. massive
2: respect. It just makes me love Yuri more. But the I real gripe is with him. the UFC. Because honestly, the injury is what it is. None of us can control that. But the UFC, like you always say, is going to UFC. And they shit the fucking bed with this one, screwing Glover share the fuck over. Well, no, I went
3: back and I, I looked into this more. They did not screw Glover. Yeah, they offered say, Glover a couple more of fights and this is how this ended up playing out. Glover was offered a fight with I forget who, but he said, OK, I will take that fight. But can we do it in January? So I have time to prepare
1: February, whatever they, the they fuck offered to fight. let him fight. Yeah, no, they originally offered Glover to let him fight and Goliath. Next week, just like originally scheduled. And he said, no, and style is so different. I will fight him, but I want to wait until Rio in February or a fucking in January. Rather, he said, I'll fight him in Rio. And the UFC said, no, no, no. We want the fight for the belt on this card. So you either fight and or you fight Blahovich on this card for the belt. And he said he didn't want to fight either one of them next weekend because both of them are such a drastic style difference. He would need to adjust his training.
3: And I get that
1: hundred percent, especially and, and being Glover
3: is long in the tooth and yep. he knows it.
1: And he spent a whole camp preparing specifically for what Yuri did against him.
3: Yeah, so I mean I get it. So it's not that they fucking fucked Glover. Glover made a strategic decision. Glover decided he to st- where he is. He did try to play ball with them a little bit.
1: Yeah, Glover counters. He was exactly. like, No,
3: we need this title fight on this pay-per-view card. Which from well, yeah, from, from what I heard card, though is yeah, he said he would
2: have fought Yon next weekend so that's right. where yeah. i thought they completely fucked glover because that would have been the fight to make anyways because 30 seconds away glover would have won that fight here. any fucking ways that would have been the next fight you set up for this pay-per-view in the first right. place not to mention if Magomed, i i know he's undefeated and shit but this dude is boring as hell he beat up iwan kutalaba and no one else <laughs> yet we need to see more out of the guy it's just why are we pushing on Kalayev? It feels like the U.S.C. put their foot down. And it's like, no, this is the guy. We need the title fight here. Right. Yeah, and this, this is, is the guy who
3: wants Yeah, they want that new blood. It's not the new blood thing. Let's let's look at it this way. I'm going to throw a little politics into the mix. here, and You guys are going to really enjoy where I'm coming from on this. <laughs> so you have right now a current Biden administration who doesn't want to touch anything that has to do with Russia, right? The former administration, Trump administration, loved R- Russia. Guess who is a big Republican in the UFC? Dana White. Guess who holds a lot of the belts in the UFC right now? Russians. Guess what? Let's throw Ankhaliyev at it. Throw another fucking guy's a Russian in there and fucking let him go. You know? Why not fucking stomp on that gas? You want to stomp on the gas? That's the way to do it. Support those Russian commie fucks and do it that way. And I have nothing against the Russian fighters. I want to make that very right. clear. Absolutely. I'm Absolutely. just saying. There, there seems to be some weird shit at play there. Like, I think Trump's up in his ear like, hey, man. Every, yeah, um, every,
1: everything gets weird. And that's why I said this, this literal, this announcement is a fucking can of worms because it still goes even deeper than this. So that's why I said, I don't think it was a st- smart move by yuri but i do respect the move that he made and the reason i don't think it's smart is because even if he would have held on to the belt and waited for eight months nine months to to come back the biggest thing that he gives up by giving up the belt is those pay-per-view dollars because champions automatically get pay-per-view points and that's a big deal as far as paychecks go Uh, but with yuri out as we just talked about, the UFC did offer Glover Tajera to fight Ankolaev next week for the belt as scheduled, and Glover turned it down. Uh, he said that he would be happy to fight either Ankolaev or Jan Blahovich in Rio at 283, and the UFC said no. They want the belt on the line next week, and Glover said, well, then I can't fucking help you here, and the UFC said, that's cool. Jan versus Ankolaev is now the headliner and for the currently vacant light heavyweight belt next weekend. So, Yuri is completely out, and by his own choosing, unfortunate though it may be, Glover is also out. So, Jan and and Angliav gets moved to the main event and is now for the vacant belt. Um, In moving that to the main event... Patty Pimblett versus Jared Gordon now gets moved to the co-main event. So they are absolutely preparing Patty Pimblett to tee off on the fucking dented soup can that is Jared Gordon and get the place fucking rocking before they give the belt away in the fucking next fight. After that is the main event next weekend. So, and it needed that bump for goddamn sure. Anyways, so.
3: They're pushing him and they're doing it in the right way. As far as like making a cash cow.
1: They're making a cash cow. Yeah, they're letting him. They're letting him "quote unquote" earn his way with victories to all the bigger names that they give him. So, I expect to see him come out just flatlined, fucking Jared Gordon. But that's that's for next week's talking. Um, we also subsequently, after the ball of fucking worms that was the uh, 282 announcement, got a, a small smattering. Of announcements for the following, the final UFC card fight night of the year, uh, Vegas 65, on December 17th. Uh, first and foremost, we got the official announcement yesterday that Brandon Roy Val is out with, go figure, a shoulder injury. Uh, unfortunately, of his fight versus Amir El-Bazi, Uh clearly that shoulder either was not taken care of properly or is a bigger problem than they initially thought it was, because this is what literally kept him out of his initial title fight in the Brandon Moreno match, so this is literally coming back to bite him in the ass, metaphorically. I hope it gets fucking taken care of. Uh, no word as of right now if they're going to keep Albazi on the card or not, but Royval is officially out. Um, now, they have added three different, very interesting fights to that December 17th card to make up for this one Brandon Roy Val versus Albazi fight falling off. Uh, the first one that they added was Manel Kopp versus David Dvorak, which is a very interesting stylistic matchup. I think Dvorak's reach could play a very big factor because cop is is very fucking fast, but he could also be Big Brothered if he can get your hand on that forehead. It's been done to him several times, and it's kind of hilarious if you look at the footage. It literally looks like somebody Big brothers him in the middle of an octagon. Makes me giggle. Sorry. Um, it's cool that that we get said, to see.
2: I didn't. I didn't hear about that fight. It's cool we get to see Manel back because I know he had to face that six month suspension getting popped up on some. Uh, You know, illegal substances. Yeah, they they retroactive,
1: apparently. They retroactively did the thing because he, quote-unquote, complied and did everything they asked him to. So he's eligible almost immediately once they announced it is how it went down, apparently. Um, But then on top of that, we got the announcement Bruce Leroy himself Alex Caceres getting back in there, taking on Juicy J, Julian Arosa on that December 17th card. That's going to be a very fun, stylistic matchup as well, in my opinion. Excuse me. But then the uh, chef's kiss for that card, in my opinion, that little ah beautiful note that they just announced this week. Confirmed Drew Dober versus Bobby Green. That is going to be a spectacular fucking fight. I cannot fucking wait to see that one shake loose. That Another
2: one. guy with the same situation. He complied with the, the suspension and everything, so they got him back right away, yeah, man. Him I love right him.
1: back in the fucking love seeing
2: Bobby Green. We would have seen him a couple more times this year if it wasn't for that. It was a sucky situation. I'm glad to see him back. What a fucking weight. Like He loses to Makashev in February, right? and then, then gets suspended, misses the whole year, and they give him on this kind of a fight. Fuck yes, dude. He beats yeah. Drew Dober in a fantastic fashion. He's right there knocking on the top 15. Yeah. He's going to get someone like Grant Dawson for his next fight. That's yep. good shit.
1: Yeah, he can get real interesting real fast, and Bobby Green shows up ready to fucking roll, good to go. It could be a real fucking fun matchup, so I'm fucking stoked to wrap the fucking year out with that fucking fight for sure. Um, We got a couple of announcements here for that first coming back UFC card for January 14th, which, for the record, there are no UFC cards between December 17th and January 14th. So there will be no I'm no Joe shows between December 17th and January 14th. We will be back when we're back. Uh, I take that back. There there will be a uh, what did I say recap? at the end of the year, but that will be the end of the shows for 2022. We will come back when the UFC comes back in the beginning of January, but for that first January card, very interesting matchups here. Uh, the first one, Damon Jackson, who is just turning out to be the fucking stud that nobody knew he could fucking be against Dan Ige, the match that he specifically fucking called for the UFC's giving him. That I think is very fucking cool and could be a very fun matchup as well. But then the UFC confirmed the headliner on that card as well to be Kelvin Gastelum versus Nasruddin Imov, A fight I believe they've tried to make three times now. They are finally going to just set it as the main event this time to make sure that it happens, apparently. Um, maybe not the most exciting fight, but as many times as they've tried to put it together, they clearly see something there that the rest of us don't yet. So I'm curious to see how that one plays out as well. Um we did get, despite Glover's best efforts, uh, one more fight added to that UFC 283 card for January 21st down in Rio, the first pay-per-view of the year in the form of Gilbert Burns versus Neil Magney. That's going to be fucking crazy on a card that is already stacked with fucking crazy fights. That's just going to add fucking gas to the fire you know, already. I'm excited to hear year.
2: that, but I'm still, I'm still hoping... I know we don't have a lot of time left, but I'd love to hear something like a Nunez-Chevchenko
1: 3. Right, something. Throw
2: another really big, you know, because that'd probably be the main event above Moreno and Figgy 4. I it don't know. Definitely
1: could Definitely could, for I sure, don't know.
2: Yeah. I'd kind of want it to be the main event, but, you know.
1: <laughs> wishful thinking, brother, wishful thinking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but then we've got... Uh, Moving on after that, February 4th, Bellator 290 will be headlined by Yoel Romero versus Vadim Namkov for the light heavyweight belt. That's going to be a fucking crazy fight unto itself because the main event on that card is going to be Fedor's retirement fight Versus Ryan Bader for the heavyweight belt, so Fedor could potentially take the heavyweight belt from Ryan Bader and then retire with that motherfucker to add insult to injury on that night, as if everything else wasn't crazy enough.
2: I think it's shit like that that's why the PFL is starting to beat out
1: Bellator. Silly shit happens, and Scott. Don't try.
2: Don't try to make a star. A forty-year-old guy,
1: right? We That's all, all know that Yoel is crazy powerful, but they're leapfrogging him straight into that belt so fucking hard, man! Like you can learn from Corey Anderson.
3: You see what just happened to Corey? You know, I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to make a point. Partially, uh, the UFC isn't better than Bellator. We yeah. can compete with UFC. Greats and Hall of Famers and shit like that. Yeah. And I get that, but also they forget they're getting table scraps.
1: Yeah. You ain't fighting prime, you ain't talking about prime UFC guys either. Exactly. You're talking about guys yeah. that literally already had a run and that's, then washed out after the fact. That's like and now they're making their Bellator runs. So, well,
3: because I think of it in that same realm of looking at. That fucking main event on that card. Uh, fucking... Goddamn... Uh, Fedor and Vader. I look at it in the same light as Fedor, right? For the longest time, everybody said Fedor was the greatest of all time. Okay. He had a great run between fucking... Everything he did in fucking... The Square to fucking going to bellator he's had a great fucking run but during his prime he never fought ufc ufc fighters in their prime
1: yeah like I, he... I i never dispute that fedor was great and he had great fights but i always will dispute that fedor was the greatest because he had the alternative they willfully threw millions of dollars at him and gave him every chance he could to join the ufc and he chose not to He chose not to fight the greatest opposition he could have fought.
3: Yeah. And and look, he still goes down, in my opinion, still one of the greatest fighters to have never fought in the UFC. Absolutely. (laughs)
1: Probably the greatest fighter to have never fought in the UFC. I was going to say, outside of the UFC, I would say he was absolutely one of the greatest, yeah. But But that's the same thing
3: where they throw, what do they throw at him? They throw at him fucking, since he's been in Bellator, UFC table scraps. That's the reason he fought fucking Rampage when Rampage was fucking seventy Tim pounds Johnson. overweight, not a shape as fuck.
1: Tim Johnson yeah. missed weight. Tim Johnson missed heavyweight, and that was a legitimate UFC veteran fight that he's going to brag about. Yeah, come on. I'm just saying, there's come on.
3: Again, Coker and them have done some weird things to try to make it look like they're they're better than the UFC. And look, to to their point. It makes nice. sense to do shit like that. As far as selling shit of, look, our guys are better than UFC guys because we're such fighting UFC guys and beating their asses. And no, that's not to say that fucking Corey definitely had a fucking off, bad looking night against yeah, that
1: was not a couple as weeks as ago.
3: As, that was fucking yeah. ugly. That was one of the worst performances
1: I've ever seen out of Corey, like, period. He looked completely off and gassed. and gunshy gun shy, yeah. Yeah. For a guy who literally got himself into a title fight by talking mad shit, he came in gun-shy as fuck in that fight. I agree, so...
3: Yeah, I don't know why either, because he was winning the first fight until that accidental headbutt
1: happened. Sure the fuck was. Yeah, no, he, w- he had the clear path, supposedly, to just steamroll through to fucking victory there and couldn't fucking close the deal for whatever reason. So, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how the Yoel situation, if it plays out the same way, or if Yoel is crazy enough and strong enough to just level him out with one power shot.
3: You know what's the weird thing with Yoel is? Well, I have to say this. Yoel didn't start MMA until he was fucking in his late 30s. Well, in mid-30s. The other, thing,
1: the other thing that people miss is that when Yoel was in the UFC, Yoel was competing at middleweight. Yoel was yeah. cutting to 185 pounds. And supposedly walks around at like two fifty. He's fighting Bellator at light heavyweight, so he's at two hundred five. That's twenty extra pounds. He doesn't have to cut anymore. That's a lot of fucking power to kick. And when you're in,
3: look for him. That's a smart move because once you're into your forties like that, that weight doesn't come off like it does when you're in your thirties and And twenties. Twenty
1: pounds.
3: Yeah, that's a lot. That's a huge. (laughs) Think about how much extra fucking extra fucking power he gets to carry around and not only power but gas tank as an Olympic wrestler say,
1: and it's the gas tank and that's traditionally been one of his weak points is when you wear Yoel out or drag him to deep waters he loses steam yeah it's cause he was fighting fucking like God 70 shit, pounds below away. where he should have been yeah. he was cutting a ton of fucking weight, and now I'm he doesn't saying, have to look, do that anymore. Just because so... you did
3: it to get into the fucking Olympics for wrestling doesn't mean you can do that shit fucking in MMA.
1: Exactly. Look, so it's a I'm different
3: beast. You still have a wrestler's gas tank because he would still go. It just wasn't the same amount of go.
1: <laughs> right. Right. So yeah, no, I'm I'm curious to see how it plays out for damn sure.
3: If he wins that if he wins that title somehow that's going to shit all over Coker and the fucking Bellator. As much as I hate to say it,
1: it's going to blow up in their face.
3: Yeah, because, oh, you brought in a UFC guy, and they finally get it done? Yeah, that's not a good look for them, but if he gets his ass stomped, it'll be a good look for fucking Bellator as a whole. Right. I mean, either way, they win because...
1: They, yeah, they still come out ahead, but it's...
3: Yeah. It's not as big of a head as if fucking UL goes in there and just gets a mud hole stomped in him.
1: Yeah, it just gets blowing the fuck out, yeah. But, that being said, uh, February 18th, back on the UFC side of the house, uh, Benoit Saint-Denis getting back in there against Joe Selecki. That's a name we haven't seen in a little bit. Stylistically, again, very fun matchup between those two, so I'm fucking down for that. Uh, Then, as if we needed more of an example of Scott Coker doing Scott Coker things, uh, Bellator 291 is literally three weeks after Bellator 290, uh, February 25th, and will feature the headline of Logan Storley versus Yaroslav Amasov, the second fight that no one was asking for, that promises to be just as fucking boring and wet blankety as the first one was, so... You know, they're going to blow the fucking doors off potentially with 290 and then literally put everyone to fucking sleep with 291 three weeks later. Not a fucking smart move, but, you know, go ahead, Coker, do you. Uh, then, ironically enough, uh, on the same night, February 25th, over on the UFC side of things, uh, Nikita Krylov versus Ryan Spann will be headlining the UFC fight night over there, which I think is a very interesting matchup as well, especially considering what we've seen Ryan Spann doing lately out of fucking nowhere. So I'm very curious how that one's going to play out as well. Uh, Speaking of out of nowhere, March 11th's main event has officially been announced by the UFC. Jamal Hill versus Anthony Smith coming back off the leg injury. He has officially booked his first match. So that is going to be very interesting because Jamal has been doing some pretty fucking good things lately. And if Anthony is not a hundred percent, this is not a good fight for him to come back to. On the other hand, if Anthony is a hundred percent, This is a definite test of what Jamal genuinely has potential-wise because Smith will put him through the fucking meat grinder if he's fully back to it. I'm kind of here for it. As long as Anthony is fucking (laughs) legitimately healthy, that's a good fucking match, man. That's a real good fucking match in my opinion.
2: I think that's why they set it up in March too, just so that he is going to be fully good. Make
1: sure he's got fucking time, yeah. He's been walking around again.
2: I know he hasn't been dealing with the blood clot issues and shit. So yeah. I feel like he's going to be able to get back to training soon. That's why, you know, he stood out four months.
1: I, I think he so. unofficially alluded uh, on, on the Believe You Me podcast that he's – he didn't say directly, but he said there's been some contact with some pads in his garage from time to time lately. So I think he's like, wink, wink, nod, nod. Definitely not hard sparring with anyone at all. Wink, wink, nod, nod, Bob in the garage. But, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I think he's working it as much as he can without officially being back at the gym and, like, getting back to training. So I think that's why he was like, oh, yeah, no, we're we're good for March. <laughs>
2: I know. I have heard him telling Mike he's been staying on a decent enough weight. He's only about 230. Yeah, so. So, I mean, with him fucking being hung up, he's still got, what, 25 pounds to lose. Yeah. Before getting into training camp. So, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty say. sure Anthony Smith will be all right.
1: <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say, and being you know this far out, having plenty of time to actually get into camp, and saying himself that the holidays have been generous to his midsection, along with the fucking healing from the injury, uh, I'm sure that once he puts the fucking commitment down and gets into fucking camp, that th- that weight's just gonna be no fucking issue at all. And as I said, if he's healthy, this is gonna be a fucking fight, boys. <laughs> so, that being said, a fight that I'm less interested in overall but still interested in the result i should say more than the fight uh march 25th two weeks after that fight uh andrea lee stepping in to take on macy barber uh the ufc is very clearly still trying to push both of those gals so making them face off i think is actually kind of an interesting move on their part i'm curious to see how it shakes loose um but then we've got some uh not exactly direct fight related news, uh, to go over here real quick, just because some things have to be mentioned again. It's how we like to do things around here. Uh, first and foremost, one of the I it's another one of those things that it just it has to be talked about, but it's almost more comical than it is serious. Uh Artem Lobov has officially filed a lawsuit against Connor McGregor for the creation of Proper 12 and the subsequent sales profits. Uh Connor reacted in typical Connor fashion. But the funny thing is, is in the early days, there was no denial anywhere that Artem helped Connor come up with the idea for it. And I believe he even contacted a couple different people to get the ball rolling and was set up, I believe in writing, even as like a 5% share owner from the very beginning. And then apparently according to the lawsuit, when Connor sold their ownership stake, Didn't give Artem any of that money for it and is now trying to just walk away with all of it. And what people don't realize is that Artem actually has a master's degree in finance. Artem's not a fool. Artem's one of those very well-educated gentlemen who chose to fight as a prize fighter. Especially when it comes to money. He has a fucking master's degree. I don't think he would enter into a business contract that fucking potentially beneficial without knowing his eyes were dotted and his T's were fucking crossed. So Connor delete tweets as he may. I, I still think this one may actually have some bite to it. If nothing else, then based on the reaction, it got so vehemently and so fucking quickly. That being said, um, we've, We've talked about it a couple times, so I'm not going to go back over it completely. But what I will say is that it looks like it's more than just hardcore fans speculating uh, and rumors going around when it comes to the Derek Minner uh, Nordim uh, Scheinbeck uh, situation fiasco, however you want to describe it. Uh, Because while the UFC is being investigated for that, and they are officially being investigated for that, the Ontario Athletic and Betting Commission has now officially banned all sports betting organizations in the province of Ontario from ever, as of right now, taking another bet on a UFC fight. That is a very big deal when it comes to Canada and sports betting. Uh, But it is also a very big deal when it comes to the validity of the situation for potential fuckery of fighters coming into fights knowingly injured. No matter how or if word actually did get out about it, this is a result of that situation directly. So... It's going to be interesting to see how that shakes loose and if that spreads any further or gets to be any more of a situation than just Ontario. But that's still a pretty big first fucking step when it comes to action being taken as a result of this. So I'm curious to see what goes forward from here. Um, <laughs> uh, Another one, almost more comical than actual factual, but it it does need to be talked about, if nothing else, than for the fact that he's been so fucking boisterous, so public, and so brazen about his quote unquote natural status, talking about the one and only Liver King, whose real name is actually fucking Brian uh turns yeah. out through one of his own goddamn emails that he was too fucking dumb to send from a burner account cuz it's his fucking name uh and it was verified as his confirmed sent from him like it's all been fucking confirmed uh he literally lays out his regimen of steroids that he takes for someone to keep the quote-unquote all-natural liver king physique that he does including eleven thousand dollars a month just in human growth hormone he is on approximately $23,000 a month worth of steroids and hormone treatments for his quote-unquote natural look. Fuck you, Brian. Nobody bought your story from the beginning, you fucking clown. Now it's just
2: time for The Rock to admit it.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: if, the, if that one happens, I'm fucking quitting. If that one happens, I'm fucking quitting.
1: <laughs> what i'm curious of is, is is maybe there was liver in that bag in abu dhabi <laughs>
3: that
1: could have been and for me
2: that's the that's the whole thing like you know a joke with the rock i always liked him you know it, right. when i was a kid wrestling and shit like that but to be that kind of ripped you know you are probably taking something it's okay it's not illegal like a lot right? of things yeah, He's, that he's his not life.
1: competing in any kind of professional like, organization or prize fighting or anything. Up until so the past, he can month, be on all the sauce he wants to, you, man. You Stay and me fucking smoking yoked. weed, like you and me
2: smoking weed and cannabis, and everybody else that does that. It was illegal, and to an extent in our own state and shit, just you know, until a few weeks ago when we yeah. voted on it. So it's like, but and steroids aren't like certain aspects of steroids yes, are he's okay getting the right way. Legal. That's right. Just admit it. Don't try to like promote your, especially if you sell like supplements and you're trying to talk about fitness and health and well being and like promote that. Oh, just work hard and then do things like I do and you can have this kind of body. No, just admit it. Take these kind of steroids like I do and you can have this kind of body.
1: Right. Yeah. Use the same amount of D ball that I do. <laughs> You'll be just as yoked desire I am.
2: It's the same thing I have with like anybody that plays sports, football, baseball, whatever. It's like if you use the shit to try to get an advantage in your sport, cool. If the sport allows it, cool. Just don't yeah, lie for about it.
1: it. Yeah, just be upfront. It's
2: exactly. like Aaron Judge. You're breaking the home run record, and you you took steroids and you didn't admit it. Then yeah, your career's over. They're like that's how. You, you don't you don't make huge achievements and then try to act like oh yeah that was my God given talent and no, no it's steroids that, that's where I got a problem. Steroids are fine, just admit you're doing steroids. Yep, right about
1: no it. exactly. I agree. Um, but along back to the actual genuine good news here a little bit. Got a kind of a shit sandwich we got to do with the news to close it out here. Good shit, good. Uh, so the good to start here. <laughs> Cain Velasquez was officially granted permission from the Arizona court to go back and compete in pro wrestling so he can make some of his fucking million dollar bond money back and try and get things somewhat back to a sense of normalcy in his life after eight long months of fucking undue bullshit. It's not the end of the road, but it's a step in the right direction. So very, very fucking happy to hear that. Uh, The bad news in that sandwich portion here was that uh, over the course of the last week, we also got word, unfortunately, that uh, childhood icon, uh, former MMA competitor and both white and green Ranger multiple times over, Jason David Frank, uh, took his own life. At the age of 49. Uh, The story going on with him. Is so fucking deep. I could literally do a whole nother episode on it. We're not going to get into all that. What I will say though. Is that our thoughts go out to his family. And his loved ones. And if you need help. Reach out. That being said. The good news. That we're going to end the news portion on here. Tisha Torres and Raquel Pennington have officially announced Tisha Torres is pregnant. She's officially going to put her fighting career on hold and do the mom thing and try and do what Mackenzie Dern and and Nina Nunez and several other women have done and have the baby and turn around and, and come back to fighting. So This is something that they have been talking about trying to do for a long time and congratulations to them. Nice to see A little piece of good news coming around to end things out. That being said, that's what I got for news. Do you gentlemen have anything I might have missed in this fucking mountain of crazy shit that's come down the pipe?
2: I got one little thing, and it's decent
3: too. I swear to God, if you bring up what I think you're going to bring up, I'm driving my happy ass down there and whipping your fucking ass if it comes out of your mouth. So you better hope it's not what I think it is.
2: No, I know, I know what you think. No, no, I'm not going to talk about that. It's a hilarious. Okay. Movie. I love Patty the Batty. We're not, we're not getting into that bullshit. If that's okay. what you're thinking, okay. no. Nate Diaz is free. That's that. That that was what I was saying.
3: Okay. That is, is an acceptable finally topic,
2: yes. finally does not have the UFC lording over him, can negotiate with anybody freely. Let's fucking get Nate Diaz a fight somewhere. I don't give a fuck if it's boxing. Please no, Jake Paul. That's the only other thing I'll say about that. But yeah, I was not going to mention what
3: he <laughs> That's okay. a giant You knew exactly laugh. where I was going with that. The commission has already spoken about shit like that. We do not do that here.
2: Yeah, okay. That's why I asked you. Make your had bag, that's all I'll say about that. But that's bullshit. No, it's a joke. No, I was not going to bring
3: that up. Okay, but yes, Nandia is officially off all of the UFC rosters. So he is a completely free man. Yeah, Unlike I mean, some fucking former champs man. that are still on the roster that have been retired for a while and they still go fucking released. Right.
1: Just saying. So, with that being said, uh, that'll be the point where we hand things over here, because sometimes us old farts just get too caught up in all the old fart stuff and all the hardcore news, and we miss the forest for the trees, as it were. And luckily for us, we too know one of those young fellows who keep in touch with all of the hip new up-and-coming things and can keep us old farts in the proverbial loop, as it were, in the segment that we like to call around here, Slows, Cans, and Contenders.
2: Alright, so just to start it off Just to piss off TJ I'm going to start off Jake Paul's fighting Andrew Tate next year No, I'm kidding uh, it, it, fuck it. We do have some decent boxing news uh Tank, Tank Davis will be fighting Fucking Ryan Garcia next year They fucking slated that for April That's exciting That's the only piece of boxing I got We'll fucking get into it We got two contenders on this week's card I'm excited to fucking talk about Yasmin Jaregi and we got fucking Francis Marshall. Francis Marshall coming in undefeated 6-0. He had a decision victory on the Contender Series a few months back, but he looked pretty fucking good. Kid's tough. Looking forward to seeing what he's got here. Fighting Marcelo Rojo. He's 0-2 in the UFC, but not the worst can, I guess you could say. And We'll see how it goes. And then Reggie fucking put on, you know, one of the craziest fights we've ever seen. Two fucking strawweights oh, put on, man. especially two young-ass strawweights. The chick, I can't remember the name of the girl Yaregi fought, but it's I know she was like 20
1: years old. Yeah. It you, was Yasmin versus Yasmin. It was just spelled yeah. differently.
2: And fucking 20 years old, and Yaregi's fucking 23. That was a fantastic fight. reggie has got six finishes. Fucking 9 and 0 oh. out of those nine fights. Wow. All right. So those are two fucking fighters I'm excited to see this weekend. And then I have got the Shamrock FC card. I was excited to hype up my boy Tyson Hicks, you know, coming into a second pro fight, but sadly MMA is what it fucking is. Uh, some people weren't meant to try to fight at all or be on the professional level. The dude was supposed to fight pulled out for the second time this year. So he won't be able to fight on the card, but I wrote down a few fights the best I could. I tried to scrum for some excitement, but I also, I mean, I've got two fights that I'm going to say are exciting. Those are the amateur fights. And I got two fights on the pro card. There's just no saving it. It's just straight up cans. So we literally got both sides of the spectrum here. The cans and the contenders. So what might be the main event now, that Tyson doesn't get to fight his guy fucking pulled out. He was supposed to be the main event. It's going to be a heavyweight fight. It's a pro bout. But the one guy, Will Johnson, 32 years old, coming in at an 0-2 record. Not just 0-2. It is what it is. You know, maybe he just had not gotten off to a great start. Did all right in the amateur level. Lost his first couple fights pro level. We'll see where it goes, right? But he hasn't fought since 2017. Last fight was November 2017. He did fight for Bellator. So I mean he he's fought for decent promotions here. He fought for Bellator in his pro debut. He, he fought for Shamrock in his second pro fight. He lost both of them. But that's the thing that worries me about this guy. He haven't fought for five years. <laughs> and then the guy he's fighting, Cesar Gutierrez. He's two and six. This guy's twenty nine, a little younger. Two and six. Doesn't really excite. It doesn't tickle the fight and pickle. I'm just—it's hard to get on. Lost five straight.
1: <laughs> like I get two and six, you can have a rough run, but five losses in a row is a strong indication, and you might be in the well, wrong profession.
2: Here's the upside for you: his two wins, Caesar Gutierrez, first round finish. So this—this this is the can fight.
0: That's
2: maybe, something, maybe, I guess. Maybe you get a finish. <laughs> the, <dude's laughs> only two, the only dude that's got wins came by first round finish.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's that's something. That's something.
2: <laughs> All right. So there, we got another pro fight. This is a little better. These guys, the records aren't as horrible. Okay, so we got Caesar Morales coming in at 1-0. So this will be his second pro fight. He just doesn't have a lot of experience in pro level. Won his first fight. He's coming in on a second one. Um, he won his first pro fight, the first round TKO. He was thirteen and six in the amateurs. So I mean, he wasn't he didn't have the greatest record as an Emmy, but he's got some experience. Nineteen fucking amateur fights. So this guy's got some experience. Mm-hmm. It, eight wins by finish out of out of his career. So there's some excitement to be had out of this guy, right? At least this pro fight, I'm still saying it's somewhat tans, but it, it's been. He's fighting Joey Scanlon. This guy's 29, and uh, he's coming in at three and four. He he lost his first three pro fights, and he's been three and one since. So he, the dude has turned it around since he started his pro career. Um, he he fought for the LFA just last year. He we wound up losing that fight. That was one of the last four. So I mean, move, moving up. To a little bit of a higher level promotion than our regional promotion here with Shamrock. You know, I, I would definitely say LFA is a little step above in competition. He, he loses that fight. We'll see what he can do coming back. He, he's got a handful of finishes in his career. So there's maybe some excitement to be had. It's a bantamweight fight, too. So they're having some finishing potential out of some bantamweights, interesting. Then, then we've got two interesting fucking amateur fights here we started off with another bandweight fight. We got Jack Wilson. Don't know this guy's age. Couldn't figure that out. I'm sure dog technology or anywhere. He's fighting Caleb Williams. We just saw Caleb Williams back in October when me and Vin went to the fucking FAC 16 event. He did lose that fight. He lost to Brian Herrera. It was a decision loss. But the kid's done well in his career for the most part. I mean, it's his fifth fight this year. This fight on this card. So that in itself is impressive. You're an amateur fighter. At least you're getting your ass out there. You're getting the experience. Even if he lost his last fight, this is going to be his fifth fight this year. Four and five, not a horrible record. The guys fighting Jack Wilson, as well four and five. So one of them is going to come up even here. But Jack Wilson, he's lost his last three fights. And the last two of them, he's been finished. So, it feels like they're kind of giving Caleb a way to bounce back after losing a tough you know, decision on the FAC yeah. card. So, and Caleb's a local guy. So, it just you know, it feels like trying to give that amateur a bounce back. So, and then we got what I feel like is the best fight on this Shamrock card. Another amateur bout. We got Ralph Hernandez, a 23-year-old, youngest guy on this card. you will be fighting a 29-year-old and Clayton Whaley. Whaley's 5-3. and three. Hernandez 5-2. and two, the Best records on the card. <laughs> he, his last fight was back in September. He lost to Austin Spangler. Another dude who we just saw back in October on the FAC card. With this kid, Austin Spangler is fucking great. He's undefeated 6-0 and right now. He's fighting just next fucking week again on FAC 17. This kid as well, he just keeps pumping it out. He fought September. He just fought in October. Spangler's fighting again in December. So like, to lose to this guy, not a fucking huge deal. He won four straight before that loss to Austin Spangler. So Clayton Whaley definitely has some potential here coming in. His name. Only got a couple finishes. It's the only thing that kind of raises the eyebrow. Not a lot of finishing potential, but he did have a really nice win streak before he fought a really tough guy. Hernandez, though, only one finish out of his seven fights. So the eyebrow raises even more on his finishing potential, but he has fought some more experienced guys. Whaley's most experienced guy was Austin Spangler coming in at five and zero when they fought. Spangler's now six and zero, right? Fucking Ralph Hernandez's His last two fights, he beat a guy that was five and five, and beat a guy that was six and zero. So he's beaten some, not full cans, you know. He just his last fight, he beat a dude that was six and zero. Gave the guy his first loss. We're on the amateur level, but I felt like I was slightly interested. He's on a three-fight win streak. So this kid, Ralph Hernandez, 23 years old, feel like there's some potential there. That at least this is the best fight. These guys have the best record. There's the most potential here, especially because they're both young and they're amateurs. They get a couple more wins and definitely move on to the pro level. Start your career up, man. Get, get that run going. We'll see how it goes. Yeah. But obviously, all in all, we'll be in person. Hopefully, the production is great. The ring girls, nice and fine, showing the ass and tits. Give us a good old fucking show, ladies. Uh, you know, hopefully, the guys give us a show too, and we see some blood, and we see some dudes fucking get put to sleep. That's all we need. And we'll go to the Airbnb, get stoned as fuck, and watch the USC card. It's going to be a good night. Yeah. <laughs> But I can't lie, there's just as many cans coming in as the contenders. Right. So we're looking forward to those contenders on the UFC card this weekend because, I mean, you can only hope for finishes with the Shamrock card. It's not looking great.
1: Yeah, you never right.
2: know. And, well, and the other thing live in person,
1: ass beatings, a fun. Yeah, thing. I was going to say the other thing is that <laughs> you're right there and you get to see it in person. And some of those dudes could potentially be on the UFC cards in the next couple of years. You never know. That's yep. one of the reasons I like that there's a lot more local. Missouri-based fucking promotions, a lot more Missouri-based and Midwest-based shows that are starting to really pop up and take off right now, so we got opportunity for shit like this, so...
2: Yeah, that's why I mentioned those couple amateur fights there, and, you know, fucking, I I wish Tyson would be fighting, because, I mean, just one, a boy from our gym and shit, rooting for the brother you train with, but, man... It would have been an easy motherfucking win for him to be the main event, go out there, get a great finish for his second fucking pro fight. It would have been a great help, man.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that would have been definitely cool for sure.
2: He's planning on getting four or five fights next year. Obviously, we know how MMA goes. Anything can fucking happen, but he's hoping four or five fights next year. If he can make that shit happen, he's knocking on the door somewhere, man, if he has the success, if he gets a handful of fights next year. So I'll still shout out Tyson. Looking forward to him next year. I know right. Shamrock's getting a fucking card going early on in the year, so hopefully they get him, get him a fight.
1: Get him back in there. Hell yeah, get him right back going. Good shit. <clears throat> Thank you very much, sir. Much appreciated. <clears throat> so that'll bring us over to the portion where, first and foremost, we have to give <clears throat> a disclaimer. Uh, the i'm no joe podcast and its affiliates are not in any way shape or form sponsored or endorsed by tapology.com yeah that yeah that being said <laughs> tapology.com does offer a free service where you can make an account and make your pick on fights just like we do here on the show and then as the fights go out we broadcast well i broadcast here on the i'm no joe Channel during the main event or the main card rather of the UFC event for that weekend, a live real time updating of all of our picks from the group so you can see them in real time as the fights play out and compare your picks. Head to head with us. If you would be so inclined, we are on the group I'm No Bookie, all one word, or group 965, however you choose to find us. You are all more than welcome to come join, put your picks in, and step right up and take a chance to get your numbers smashed through like we do. In a little segment we like to refer to as Tapology with TJ.
3: Oh, it's been a long fucking two weeks waiting for this. It's been a really long two weeks waiting for this. I was so excited to talk about this shit this week. And I was like, oh, yeah, this fucking card isn't until this weekend. Thinking it was last weekend. (laughs) Fucked up my whole turkey day fucking weekend, man. (laughs) But hey, it is what it is. Not a lie. It would have been a little awkward sitting here like a stuffed fucking butterball Thursday night talking about fucking fights after I fucking plowed down way too much food on Thursday. But hey, kind of glad we had that week off so that way we could wait until today to do it. Um, so we're gonna jump all the way back to two weeks ago on the um, which fucking fight card was that? That was the. What ended up being in Juku Kudalaba is the fucking main event. As um, like we said earlier, Black Beast ended up in the hospital for non-fight related issues, non-weight cutting issues. So that kind of um, screwed the pooch there. Um, so we'll start right there, coming right out the gate, hot as fuck. This guy last week, six hundred and ninety total fucking points. Out of all the people that did pick fights for this, to include everybody on Tapology, I was inside the top 100. It was a good fucking week. I'll say that. There's a reason why I do this segment, and usually pretty okay at
1: this. need to start what was it i think it was like forty nine hundred people that picked for that card or something like it almost five thousand people that picked for that card and you were in like the top 80 or something top 75 yeah
3: it was a a pretty good fucking it was a good week for me they're not always like that i want to make that fucking disclaimer even though i like to toot my own horn because i'm usually pretty well off but they're not always like that in fact our uh mr bacon belt uh didn't even fucking come close this week so um just so that way that's out there, because you know, I've been following that fucker just because uh, <laughs> I think it's funny to beat the bacon's ass, right? But, um, coming way behind me, and I, well, I say way, yeah, it's over 100 points. Lucas, second place, running at 565, shortly behind him, boy, Christian here, coming at 515, and then your brother. Shortly behind that at 490. And down towards the bottom, we've got uh my good old neighbor Don fucking at 380. And shortly behind him at 340, meter himself, the guy who tripped over his dick this week would be Tim, advocate for liberty. Just absolutely fucked it. At a whopping 300 points, five picks right. It was a rough week for him. I'll give him that. I'm st- I'm still pissed that we have more members that I don't know, so I don't include them in our list when I'm talking because I only include people that I know that are directly sub that interact with us when we're here live. So those are the only people I... Include, but I was still 10 points behind one person in our group who only picked nine correct fights. He got six decisions correct and two perfects. His one extra perfect was enough to overthrow my perfect and my semi-perfect to keep me from being the absolute top spot in our fucking group. So I was a little, was a little frustrated with that, but hey, you know, hats off to whoever the fuck AWS 88 is.
1: Well, uh, you irian, suck a dick. The irony is, I was one oops from tripping over my dick against the avocado for the UFC picks. And then in the day before, in the Bellator picks, I aced the fucking card and had like seven fucking decisions and two perfects. Yeah. And then was like literally this far from tripping over my dick, if not for the avocado on the UFC card right fucking afterward.
3: (laughs) You gotta pick your poison. There's a reason why I stopped doing the Bellator picks, man. I know better because if I, I've noticed when I do really well on Bellator cards, my fucking UFC picks are absolute dog shit. Yeah, so I was you like, you know what? No, fuck about it. it. <laughs> Either I'm gonna completely trip over my dick in fucking UFC picks, or I'm gonna do really well. There's no fucking fuckery in between. I don't want to fuck with that other shit because I will fuck it. The only That's time what that, I'm worried
2: about this week, we got 15 of them, man. Right.
3: It's There's a lot of room
2: trip over the dick
3: but there's a lot of room to have an immaculate fucking week this week though too even you can have a couple bad picks but you get a couple good perfects in there and you're gonna be right in the fucking mix yeah with 15
1: fights it gives you room to turn around a bad fucking run too
3: it's not like when you have like a fucking really bad start of oh fuck i've lost three fights in a row that i didn't call correctly how the fuck am i gonna gain all this ground back now three fights in 15 yeah you can gain that ground back and possibly get up to the top because Somebody else could fucking trip over their dick in the meantime. Exactly. But yeah, trip over your dick award definitely goes to Tim this week, or or two weeks ago, for that fucking whopping 300 points, and was it five out of fucking 11 picks, right? I think there was 11 total fights on that card, right?
1: Yeah, I think afterwards it was 11 total, yep.
0: Yeah.
3: Not bad. Uh, The only one that I got wrong on that fucking card was fucking Zimugulov not getting it done over fucking...
1: Four nut shots? That'll fucking do it to you.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Like, that that whole fuckery, but it is what it is. Yeah, that fight was fucked up. So, now you know, two weeks ago, there's our results. So, we're going to do a quick rundown, because this is 15 cards, and I don't want to waste everybody's time. For the most part, there are a ton of coin flips on here. But there are a couple fights that I do want to point out where the odds makers could be wrong and you could fucking take some money on this if you wanted to bet the underdog. The first one, surprisingly enough, is coming at the fucking prelims. First fight on the fucking card. Yasmin and Estella.
1: Estella Nunez, yeah. They had
3: this fight as a minus 305 for Yasmin and a plus 225 for Nunez. Look, both of these girls are very new into the strawweight division. But having Nunez is a plus 255. I don't know that that's correct. You might want to put some money on Nunez. I'm not saying she's going to win because, like I said, they're both fairly fucking new and fairly green. But it seems when they're that green and it's a women's
1: strawweight bout. Yeah, that's big odds for them both. I
2: feel like that the, the odds have been swayed with that one just because Yuregi is younger, like, vastly. She's 23, and then Nunez is 30, and there's just so much more excitement with Yuregi after having that fucking debut. Yeah, so well, I just feel like the numbers are skewed because everybody's just piling the money on the new fucking that's-
3: to what I'm saying. There's a reason why I'm pointing that out. Yeah, there you're is...
2: right with the dog. Just because the, the age comes with experience. Yeah, you're
3: you're not bad off in the dog. Um, another great, the one great coin flip that I'm I'm excited to watch, as far as the other women's fight on this card is going to be the Tracy Cortez and Amanda Hebas fight. Yeah, so they literally have it at a coin flip, of minus one hundred five, minus one fifteen. That's a literal coin flip what they have it at right now. But anytime I get a chance to see fucking Cortez in there training with Brian Ortega, she's got fireworks written all over and I think if she can put on a really good solid performance there. We might see her step up into the top 10 as far as fighting somebody in the top 10 over in the fucking flyweight division, which that'd be fucking fantastic. Yeah. Oh uh, um. Another one where I think the odds makers are not giving credit where credit is due. Still on the undercard. Darren Damage Elkins and Jonathan Pierce. They're given the damage a plus 370 underdog to a minus 460 in Jonathan Pierce. Apparently people forget fucking Darren Elkins will take damage and deal it out in order to fucking win a fight. I don't think they're giving him the credit they deserve. If you're going to take a dog, this is the dog to take in Darren Elkins. Anybody who's watched any of his fights know that he can end it at any fucking time. And he is willing to take a fucking life beating to get the W. Just saying. It's one of those ones where I think the odds makers might have it a little wrong. And I'm not trying to shit on Jonathan Pierce at all because he's not bad.
1: No, yeah, no, not to shit on Jonathan Pierce, but man, those fucking odds are a little much in my opinion. That's a bit of a stretch.
3: Yeah, that's my thought as well. That's why I'm like. If I'm a betting man, I'm taking damage all fucking day long as far as trying to make the money. Right there is a good place to make it. Yeah. Uh, and then um, another one where I think they might have the odds wrong is still on the fucking undercard. Michael Johnson. Mark DeCasey or, DeCasey, or how the fuck he pronounces his name. I don't speak Congo, so I can't fucking get that shit right. Although I still love the Red Mohawk thing. But um, they're not giving Michael Johnson any credit. They have him at a plus 260 to a minus 315. Michael Johnson was at one point a legitimate possible title challenger.
1: Well, that, and the, I'm pretty sure this is DeCasey's first fight at lightweight. Yeah. Because DeCasey's coming up.
3: Yeah, that's a big fucking come up, too. Look, I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Michael Johnson is either a hot or a cold fighter. There's nothing fucking in between for him. I, as much as I wish I could say he's anything else than that, he's not. But there was a hot streak that he had. The motherfucker fought Khabib. Mm-hmm. He and looks he, pretty he looked pretty healthy. He hung yeah, with he him pretty well, considering him, considering the way the fucking Habib was ragdolling people at the time. But he managed to hang in there pretty well with him. So I, I thought he won think... his last fight against
2: Jamie Malarkey, but you know the judges. Exactly. Good,
0: good I'm just saying
3: I don't think they're giving credit where credit is due
2: here. As long as this stays standing, I know Diaconu. He, he's got some striking ability, but he's been wrestling in his last couple fights. If they keep it standing, Michael Johnson's got the
1: fucking ability to knock his ass out. He's got hands, man. He's got yeah. solid fucking hands. He really does.
3: Saying, that's another underdog you need to watch for. It's it's right there. It, it's definitely one that's well worth. Watching for, then um, I know it's it's not a crazy. The next one I'm gonna talk about is not crazy in the odds, but I just have to mention it in passing because if you don't, you're not a fucking MMA fan, in my opinion. Basic coin flip: Clay Guida, Scott Holtzman. If you don't talk about the Carpenter, you, you, you you're you fucking missing something here. But yeah, uh, that ought to be a fucking banger of a fight because both of those guys, as much as I love Quay I know he's been on his way out the door for the last couple years, but he still keeps putting on fucking shows, and the best bet you can make in this fight is that that motherfucker will burp between rounds. He will let out a loud-ass belch between rounds at some point. Throw that fucking side money
1: He'll move the official. He'll he'll ask the official to step away so he doesn't get rude about it, but it's coming out.
3: Yeah, it's gonna come out in the middle of the fucking fight, either between the fucking... First and second, or the second and third, there will be a loud ass fucking belch. And if the fucking sound guy is on point, we will all get to bask in its glory.
1: Yep.
3: <laughs> so just putting that out there, that's your money making bet right there. You're not going to make a lot of money because it happens all the time, but there it is. And um, we're pretty much uh, fucking 50 50s across the board here Angela Hill, Emily, 50 50, Nico Price, Philip Monroe. Or Phil Rowe. Excuse me, not Philip. Jesus Christ. I don't know why I was stuck on Philip there, but whatever. Another coin flip. Coin flip. Eric, your boy, Anders, and Kyle Dacus. Pretty close to a coin flip. To be honest, I'm ready to see Anders get finished, and I'd like to see Dawkins get back on his fucking pony. And you got another fucking coin flip in Jack Manson and Roman Delice. Um Another fucking pretty close to coin flip. Tai Tui Vasa. And Sergey Pavlovich, which to be honest, I'm surprised they're not leaning a little more towards Pavlovich. However, the way that Ty Tuivasa hung in there with Cyril gone, that may be what's giving them that coin flip attitude because we know Ty Tuivasa is a banger and he's going to go out there and fucking bang, look for a knockout. Whereas uh, Pavlovich has been a fucking bear to people, just absolutely mauling them on his way up. Uh but they've got it at a coin flip to be honest i think they could lean it a little farther away from tai tuivasa and i'm saying this is a guy who fucking i'm an absolute on the tai tuivasa train i fucking love that dude that is like a blue collar let me just go have a couple beers and i will fight you in the parking lot kind of fucking guy i fucking love him he he's he's the he's the the fucking normal guys man that's what
1: that is Except yeah, for blue fucking, collar he's the blue-collar man's fighter for sure.
3: Except for he's got hands of doom. That's the only other fucking thing that does with him. <laughs> hands, but of yeah, doom. um, that one another pretty close to coin flip. Plus one eighty-five for two of of minus two of fifteen for Sergey. Odds aren't too far off there. Um, where shit starts to get a little uh skewed here is in these next three fights. Well, the next two, when the people's co-main event and the co-main event in the main. Um, but in uh the People's co main. I'm, I'm doing this loosely because to be honest, I don't see anything people's co main about this. Yeah, it's,
2: Ty and Sergey is people's co main. It really is. Like they have oh, this, no, fucking,
3: they have this <sighs> cut backwards. Instead, they're putting a flyweight fucking about with Mathis Nicolau, and fucking Matt Schnell as the people. Love co-main. Matt
1: Schnell, but you know. It's... That's what I was going to say. I love Matt Schnell, but I, there, there's no reason this fight is on the main card. Nicolau
2: is gonna try to wrestle. Fuck him! It's gonna be well. Uh, yeah, yeah. He he's gonna
3: try to wrestle. Fuck him and submit him because that's what he does. Thing, yeah. He does it fairly well. I'll give him that. Yeah, he's
1: got some success, but, <laughs> but <laughs>
3: here, here's where where I think the fucking odds makers have it wrong. They have Nicolau as a minus three sixty five favorite over a plus three hundred match now Those guys are literally ranked six and seven. They're right fucking next 25. to each other. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't think it's that big of a gap. This is another one. Take the fucking dog in this one and Matt Schnell. You have a very good chance of making a lot of money at a plus 300. Drop a fucking a thousand if you got a thousand on Schnell. Fuck it. Do it. It's worth it. You have a good turnaround there.
2: Right.
3: Um, yeah, it's a weird one. And then this brings us to the biggest fucking um, biggest gap on the card is in the co-main event. Brian Barberina, and Rafael Dos Anjos which I'm not going to lie, I'm not mad at the odds makers for this, but it is a really wide gap here. We have a plus 430 underdog in Brian Barbarina and a minus 560 in Rafael as the favorite. Look, I'm not saying Rafael's fucking done done, but he's not the same guy that he has been. And don't get me wrong, Brian Barbarina is no fucking rule breaker, but... He's put on some great fucking performances to get where he's at right now. To go from no number by your name to fighting the number seven-ranked seven ranked fucking Rafael dos Anjos. That's a big fucking jump. So I get where the odds makers are a little fucking nervous about this. But this might be another one you might want to take the dog just by the off chance. Like, I'm not talking a big bet. Throw 100 bucks on it. Just throw $100
1: on the kid. Yeah, that's a play money bet. Like, don't, don't commit to it. But if you got some spares... Yeah,
3: if you got a spare fucking hunter laying on, throw it at him. Cause he's throwing he's throwing up some fucking wild shit that has worked and got him to where he is. He's basically worked himself into this, which I'm not mad at. Uh-huh. Well, this is a fight that if he does not win, he's in trouble. He's in a lot of fucking trouble. Like the cause shit hasn't been going his way lately. I mean, he's coming off fucking lost. To fucking uh, what's his goddamn name? Rafael Fiziev. Fiziev, yep. Uh, he did. He decisioned fucking his last two prior to that in Moicano, and then Felder in 2020. Those were his last three fights. At one point, we were talking about him possibly becoming the champ. Twice. Yeah, on more than one occasion.
0: Yeah.
3: So, um, if he gets fucking taken out by Barbarino, that—that's the. I think that's where we see the, the possible, um, that possible sign of it's time for you to fucking go. I mean, Barbarino fucking KO Robbie Lawler.
1: Just gonna say, look what what Barbarino did to Robbie, dude. If he does that to RDA, that might be the long kiss good night, dude. That might be the end of it.
3: Well, yeah, and Lawler wasn't looking bad in that fight. That's all I'm yeah. saying.
1: No, he wasn't. But Barbarina weathered the fucking storm and then turned it back on him and nobody thought he was going to be able to. We've seen that work against RDA before. We've seen that exact tactic work against RDA before. So if Barbarina can just do the same fucking thing he literally just did again... So, what
2: kind of crazy ass fight is Barbarina gonna get next if he knocks out Rafael de Sonia?
1: Right? Like, Like, yeah, who do they get after this? Yeah,
3: he gets a top five guy. No, (laughs) no fucking question. You know what I would like to see? If he knocks out fucking RDA, give him Physio.
1: Yeah, give him the other Hoffa. Yeah,
3: yeah, that would be another fucking. I'm just saying that that would be a fucking. From what I've been hearing,
2: though, you're looking at fucking just engage with him. So that one, you
3: know, that would be fantastic. Oh, but... Him and Gaichi would be fucking fantastic. yeah, that'd be another yeah. war. But is making a fucking name for himself, and uh, RDA is not fucking careful. He could be added to that list of. Barbarina making a name for himself. And I'm not mad at it cuz Barbarina has looked pretty oh. fucking solid. I mean, he's yeah, he's beating it. some he top-tier competition, albeit some aging competition. They're still top-tier cuz a lot of those guys still have a lot of fight left in those
1: dogs. So And it's not like he's decisioning them. He's stopping. He's winning by yeah. fucking finish. So get it Barbarina. <laughs> Could be interesting. Oh,
2: that's the only thing I got to bring up since we were just touching on it. Cuz the the like options we just gave for Barbarina next are in the lightweight division. We're talking like Rafael Fiziev or fucking Gaethje, but they're fighting at welterweight. Oh, this is true. And welterweight. So at the end of the day, now that I'm thinking, even though oh, Dos Anjos it? has the name and shit, what does yeah, it yeah, actually yeah. really do for Barbarina since he's actually a welterweight? Because that I don't think they that would get him in the right no the welterweight shit. division.
1: I didn't even realize that they were even fighting
2: with a that. Name, like, yeah, it's, a big, that. it's a big win. It's a big name. It's a fun fight. But does that get Barbarina no. ranked in the welterweight division? I don't think so. And he's not going to go down to fucking 155. They're, that's why they're having this fight because RDA didn't want to cut the weight. He's just trying to have fun and get an exciting fight in. So yeah, I just thought about that. We were talking about the, like the option. I I'm like, wait a yeah. second, no, no, no. Yeah. is not going to fight Fizzy or fucking Gaethje because he's not going to fucking make 155.
1: Yeah, that's true. It,
2: what no, this but is, it, is,
1: this I is your mom saying we've got Connor versus Cowboy at welterweight at home. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, look, and right now
3: Barberina's been around the fucking UFC since like 2017. He's been around for like five, six years. Yeah, Do not remember? Like, I think his first fight in the UFC was against like Worley Alves or something. And then he ended up right. fighting fucking... He ended up fighting... Goddamn, what's his fucking nuts? Uh, Mr. I get my tooth knocked out and sue people. Uh, goddamn it. <laughs> I can't, fuck, I can't goddamn name right now. But um, doesn't matter because... But he's been fighting legitimately really good fucking fighters entire career. But he's finally started to chain them together now, which is for him, five years in. Look, that's not a bad progression, especially not where he's at as far as um, his age is concerned, because he's a pretty fucking young guy. I mean, he's not fucking old. He's not. okay. let's put it this way. He's not fucking old, but he's relatively young he's right in that median age where you see a lot of fighters peak he's at 33 years old
2: like he could be my dad
3: but yeah he's not really that old he's only 33 yeah he he, he's definitely he's probably somebody's daddy but he ain't yours
1: well he's one of those guys that he's been around long enough that we feel like he's old because we've seen him for so long
2: but uh, that's just a bummer now that I realize that, though, that they're Oof. fighting a filter weight and what does it really do for him? Like, even if he goes out there and knocks him out, you really just because of, we're getting Kevin Holland, too. So, if Kevin fucking goes out there and sleeps Wonderboy, many, like, they're not gonna fight both of them up, up, up in the ranks. Like, Barbarina's not gonna Barbarina, Barbarina has not left on his contract, yet,
1: though. I wonder if that's Holland's why they not did not this. I wonder Barbarina,
2: already, right? So, if Holland might be the last
1: one. Yeah, I don't know Barbara how many he's contract, got left on his contract. Though, you
3: know? I mean, and if this is the last fight on his contract, this is a good way to earn a fucking really big contract. That's what if I'm saying.
1: Because if it is, I understand why they decided to go with it at Welterweight.
3: <laughs> Interesting. Then, like I said, that's the biggest odds gap on the entire fucking card. So yeah, it's worth throwing some money on Barbarina. He, he's yeah. shown that he can fucking hang in there and hang tough. So. Especially as of late. And then coming to the main event, you got another fucking weird, what I'll call weird, a fucking coin toss. It, it, a plus 145 versus Thompson. That technically makes him the underdog. Ranked number six in the welterweight division against an unranked Kevin Holland, who has a minus 170 favorite. Look, I'm not mad at the odds makers on this, but I am a little bit. <laughs> and it's not just the odds makers, the UFC, the odds makers, everybody constantly overlooking how good Wonder Boy really is, especially when it comes to this stand up game. And I'm not saying Kevin Holland doesn't have it, not by any means. So don't take this as what I'm saying. But Wonder Boy has been constantly fucking overlooked for high profile chances and things like that. Yeah, he's had a couple of hiccups along the way, but for the most part, he has murdered most people that fucking are put in front of him with the exception of fucking wrestlers. Well, with and the same goes across the title. board here to Kevin Holland. So yeah. he's, he's murdered people except with the exception of wrestlers. So finally getting a chance to watch two guys that just want to stand up and bang. Right. And to be honest, have been, they're acting like they're fucking friends before the fight, which is great. I fucking love it. Um, If you guys have not seen it that are listening, go out to the UFC's YouTube page. There is a, what they call face-to-face. Thompson and Holland, and they're doing a little interview. Those two are acting like best fucking friends in there. It was fucking awesome, and and I was there for all of it. It, I was, yeah,
2: and it's it's true, and that's true. Martial artists, right there, there's nothing but absolute fucking respect, and they don't fucking need any extra juice to get in there and go okay. fucking lay down. Like, they just love to fucking fight, they just love to
1: throw down so they can sit yeah, they there. They and hugged do when the they saw each butt. other in the fucking hotel in Orlando for the first time. <laughs> That oh, was yeah. fucking hilarious. Literally, as the first time Wonder Boy walks past, Holland sees him. He's like, Wonder Boy. And they fucking hugged the first time they fucking seen at the fucking hotel, at the Fighter's Hotel.
3: Like, I have a feeling wait. after this fight is over, there's going to be one where you see both of those guys going and drinking together. It's going to be like that fucking yeah. fight with um, Felder and uh, what the fuck is his name, where they're taking pictures and racing wheelchairs to the fucking hospital. Right. It's you gonna know, be- you're
2: right though about uh, Wonder Boy. I mean he is vastly underrated like I feel like he's been underrated a little bit through his whole career Fucking, he put on some amazing fights against Tyron Woodley I mean the second one didn't go as great but the first one fucking epic and then just the other year he fucked Jeff Neal the hell up and we just saw Jeff Neal this year fuck Vicente Luque the fuck up like I'm not right. trying to tie a ton of shit together but it was just like Wonderboy Boy is a fantastic striker. He's always been on the top. It, I know he's getting on in years. But like I said, I don't, I'm not I don't think he's slowed down at all. So the fact that there's not going to be a wrestler trying right. to just hold him down to the ground. As far as
0: the
3: UFC making a, a, a good headlining fight for this card. this is a good headline fight. Because you know those guys are both going to be action-packed. We're not going to see anybody sitting around. And if somebody's sitting around, it's because Kevin Holland's going to be busy running his mouth because he likes to talk. Yeah. yeah. And he's going to talk real friendly to Steven, obviously, because um, they've obviously been friendly. And it's going to be the, hey, man, I fucking like you. Quack. Right.
2: That kind <laughs> of, of, of shit. Yeah, how everything again. is yeah. gone leading up to this fight, I'm so fucking excited for it. I'm just sitting here <laughs> <creating> <laughs> MMA gods, it's been such a shit year. It's... Just
3: give, them... you can take all 14 others from us. This one. Wonder Boy is. Okay, let me put it this way. Wonder Boy is one of the fighters who I think is probably one of the greatest fighters that will never hold a title next to Cowboy Cerrone. Because yeah. much as I hate to say it, I don't think we're going to see Steven get there because every time that he gets really close, they're like, let's put a wrestler in front of him. They, they throw so that, w- him, yeah. that way we can nullify his chance of ever holding the title. Because it's, I swear to God, they do that every fucking time. Well, he sadly, gets
2: we've got like what, five of them? You he said he's six, right? So you think about all the guys up above, it's Gil, it's Bilal, it's fucking Kamaru, Colby. Like, yeah. You know, and guess what? All those guys are wrestlers.
3: Leon's the champ. He's the only fucking striker. He he fucking, he decisioned Bilal. He didn't, he lost to Bilal in decision, right? He lost the decision to fucking Gilbert. So the only time he's losing is fucking decisions to guys that are grappling-based. Yep. Same with Holland across. So this has, to be honest, this this fight of the night, in my opinion.
2: That's I don't get taking Like last year, him fighting Gilbert, him fighting Bilal. Those dudes not just have respect for wonder boy they they were scared that's yeah, why they didn't they know what happen happens if he gets loose, yeah. they don't want to stand toe-to-toe with him and that's why i love this fight because kevin holland will stand toe-to-toe with him. we're going to see if Kel- kevin holland's actually got the fucking nuts to go <laughs> toe-to-toe
3: with wonder boy in a and game. i think he does I, I just kind of, think the skill set's a little bit different, cause
2: yeah, like I think he's got the toughness, but I think, like you said, Wonder Boy's skill set is higher, and I f- kind of feel like Wonder Boy's going to surprise uh-huh. people. As much as I love Kevin, Look, I Kevin Holland gave funny. it
3: away too. To if if you watch that face to face, Kevin Holland gave it away. Stephen Thompson is traditionally karate trained, straight strikes, right? Kevin Holland, how did he learn striking? Kung fu. Big looping punches. Straight strikes always beat looping punches. He gave it away. He told you how the fight's going to go. As much as I hate to say he may have wrote his own fate in that interview, if that happens on fucking Saturday, it's because he wrote his own fate into it. He said (laughs) right in the interview... And look, they, those guys were fucking great. They were talking about how each other cuts weight, how Kevin's not going to have to cut hardly any, and Steve's like, well, this is going to suck because i got to cut a lot of fucking weight. So, I mean, like, the pure, the pure gold out of this fight is just fucking amazing. And I'm not happy with the odds makers, so though. Overall, I think they should have. You could leave it a co- close to a coin flip, but I still think you should have probably leaned it a little more
1: towards uh, Wonder Boy. I, I would have assumed it would have been lean towards Wonder Boy tip wise, but
2: yeah, it'd be like a one uh, for me if I was doing the odds, making. be like a minus 150 Wonder Boy.
1: And well, what's something else,
2: maybe, maybe like plus woman, 110, plus if I was to bet on this
3: fight and win, I'd still be mad because I like both of these fucking guys, so I'd right. it's hard for me to root against either one of them.
2: Yeah, what I'm hoping for is we just get to knock.
3: Down, drag out, brawl
2: five rounds. I, speed, say, you know, I would not it. be like, mad if we, we got our understand. first double knockout. They go and drink afterwards. They're just both fucked up, bleeding. They had a great war. They just go drink mm-hmm. and have a good time. I don't want to see either one of them get knocked out. So, if if there's, if there's we're going to see a finish, let's get Kevin Holland and do the same thing he did to Dirty Bird. Just choke him out real quick and you go, go to a party. You'll have a good time.
1: I love I both I think, of them so
2: much. I don't want to see that. We've seen a lot of that this year, too. Just like us losing good main events. We've seen right. a lot of our favorite fighters just fucking, yeah, get slept. I think, I mean,
1: I think my biggest many. surprise about these odds being so drastic in favor of Holland is because whether it was for show or not, Kevin Holland is technically coming out of retirement for this fight.
2: Yeah. I like what he said on media day. Did you guys see I'm, that? I'm
1: just saying, speaking strictly. He said from it's an on the table that he'll view. go right back to retirement too. And yeah, I love what, what he said.
2: He said certain from things an odd promise. And he was like, if they give fucking Hamzat a title shot before I get closer to it, I'm going fucking out of here. And I was like, damn yeah. right. Because if you beat number like, six dude, if you beat Wonderboy, he should be fucking skyrocketing
1: and Hamza just makes conversation. Yeah, no, I agree. And the fact that he's coming out of retirement for this fight and has mentioned that he will potentially go right back into retirement and the odds makers are still going to give him that much, that heavy of a leeway favor odds wise. Yeah,
3: well, I mean, and they're, they're, it's crazy because it's not that heavy, but it, the point remains that they, I just don't think they've got it right. So right now is your best time to bet on Wonder Boy. I'm pretty sure come Saturday morning. Those odds are gonna flip because people are gonna realize straight strikes, looping strikes, all those little things are tells, man. I mean, think about it. Somebody throws a looping fucking right hand. First thing that's gonna get there is a straight right, not a looping. That's how that works. Fucking this hand up, great counter. I'm just saying they, it's out there, but it's going to be a fucking exciting fight i in my I, I hope i really fucking hope so to be honest i this from not wanting to root against either one of these guys this would be the one time that i would root for a double knockout
1: i can see that like, we the, almost had one a couple of weeks their, ago i'm, say, I'm still waiting for their connection. styles this could almost generate it yeah
3: see possibility knowing that those boys are going to be striking they're not going to be looking for takedowns we finally got our possibility again we almost had it's one a couple it. weeks ago like, you see
2: it right now kevin holland goes for that loop and fucking overhand wonder boy goes for a kick just both same time <laughs> i'm
3: not gonna lie that would be one of the most glorious things for me to fucking watch even though i love both of them and i don't want to see either one of them getting knocked out <laughs> I it, it would be a fitting end to those guys going, fuck, that was fun. Did we just become best friends? Right. Yeah, <laughs>
1: that would be that stepbrothers moment when they wake up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> oh shit.
3: Yeah, man. That that does it for my fucking
1: my bit here. Much appreciated, sir. So with that being said. Uh, normally, this would be the moment where that terrifying gift rolls across the stream and we get ready to get all fucking hostile, but seeing as how, as of now, we are officially in December, and it is the season of giving and the season of being thankful, this week, I want to take a little bit of time here and be thankful for the stockpile of punchy, kicky goodness. We have coming forward this weekend. So just before we get into this UFC talk real quick, let me give you guys a quick little rundown. So first and foremost, we have Tyson Fury versus Derek Chisora going down this weekend and all of the fuckery that the boxing world will bring into that Saturday. Then we have one on prime number five. Derek Ritter, you know, heavyweight matchup that doesn't make any fucking sense, but it's an actual mixed Muay Thai, some MMA, back and forth, different. I think there's even a submission grappling match on there. It's there's a, two part. of them, and the
3: best part of it is they're fucking brothers. Ah, the, nice. the two fucking, uh, what's it, the Rotolo brothers Yeah. Are on there. One is a current champ, and the other one is working his way there in a different weight class.
1: Yeah, Cade, what is it, Cade and Ty? Yeah, yeah Cade and Thai. So that one right there, if you're
3: in a submission grappling, Go fucking check those boys out because they're fucking fantastic.
1: And Ty's taken out of Dagestani. Yeah. It's gonna be fun to watch. It's it's gonna be interesting. Yeah. There's there's an interesting card to be had tomorrow night on one on prime. There's also a I think they're calling it 151 ONE, the number one five four uh event uh taking place at like four a.m. Saturday morning. Again, more actual, genuine mixed martial arts, but not a lot of names that most casuals will recognize. Um, And if that's not enough for you, fret not, we've got more. Uh, Saturday evening at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, BKFC 34 Palomino versus Shof with two belts on the line. Uh, Not a terribly great card top to bottom, but a couple of, Very exciting and very interesting prospective fights with, like I said, two belts on the line. And then the piece de resistance, if you will, Saturday evenings, back to regular time, 9 p.m. Central main card kickoff with all 15 fucking cards on it. Or, excuse me, 15 fights on the card for the UFC return to Orlando. So... Instead of doing a pit here, what I want to do is we're going to talk about the best things this weekend. So first, gentlemen, I would like to know, from your point of view, if you are a casual fan and this is your first weekend deciding to tune into some punchy kicky, let's see what all the fuss is really about. What is the best matchup you would recommend someone to tune into out of all the crazy shit we have got before us?
3: So, are you saying matchup or are you saying card?
1: Uh, just matchup, because we've got what seven oh, fucking cards going down. Okay,
3: <laughs> okay, that's a little bit different because that one caused me to think a little bit. <laughs> look, if if you're look, okay, you know what? I'll run it this way. I will say tune in to fucking Wonder Boy and Kevin Holland, because you know there will be action during that fight. Those two are going to stand up, and if you're a first-timer or just getting into it, that's the kind of shit you want to see, to get somebody enthralled and enthusiastic about MMA before you start getting them into the grappling shit. Now, if you were saying a card as a whole, I'm going to tell them to go watch the One FC on Friday night card. The Pride on prime yes yeah because this way they get a little dose of everything a couple of submission grappling some fucking muay thai mma all on the same fucking card talk about getting somebody into the kicky punchy game and wanting them to stay that's a great way second they see that fucking wild ass muay thai in one man right. that's that shit will get anybody's fucking drill sergeant to stand that attention right. i'm just attention. saying
1: that and Chautry loves to throw them extra 50k checks around, unlike Dana I, I think he just likes to hear his name. Fuckers, man.
3: I, I think he just likes to hear his name after. Yeah, yeah like,
1: if they call him in the, the post fight, he's like, 50 grand for you!
3: He's like the fucking Oprah Winfrey of fucking MMA. And you get 50 grand. You get 50.
2: You get
0: 50. 50, grand.
3: You get 50. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah.
1: Fuck yeah.
2: Alright, so for me, I mean, obviously, the main event's going to be fucking fantastic, but if you've never watched any UFC or combat sports before, I mean, there's a lot of good shit going down. I'm even interested in the Tyson Fury-Chisora fight if you like boxing. But, man, come on, Tai Tui Vasa versus Sergey Pavlovich. You think about a heavyweight fucking fight, instead of the boxing Let's get cage fighting with four ounce fucking gloves. Two hundred and sixty-five pound motherfuckers. This is literally like a Rocky story to me. You got the Ivan fucking Drago of MMA going against the dude from the land down (laughs) under like God what a way to pop your cherry for MMA. To see Tytuyevos and knock out the Ivan Drago of MMA, and then fucking doing shoeies with the entire crowd of Orlando, Florida. What a fucking beautiful sight to see! I mean, if if it's your first time watching MMA, I honestly think that sight will be a little more fucking fantastic than Kevin Holland, and Stephen Thompson. Like, I I'm excited for that fight. I think it's an absolute banger, but tied to Ivasa fucking winning this one, man. He was on a hell of a fucking streak there before that fight against Cyril, and he, he showed he's a tough-ass motherfucker. He even hurt Cyril Gunn and he even admitted it. That's the hardest fucking hit I've ever taken, Like
1: right? Hell yeah. Uh, we,
2: we've seen Pavlovich already gotten put out by Alistair Overeem. Uh, right. There's still some questions there in my eyes for Palovich. We'll see how that goes, man. It's going to be exciting.
1: Very interesting. So I think I agree to a certain extent with both of you. I think uh, as, as far as the better card of the weekend, I will say I think that's actually the UFC. For 15 fights, most of the fights on that card have at least one recognizable name in it so overall i think the ufc is going to be a good place for people to get their fill uh but for the one fight i would actually probably say it's yasmin Yuregui versus estella nunez because those are both two girls who are the same experience level they are just making their way into the ufc but both of them have shown so much fucking potential in getting here and earning their way at this point, now they're getting a chance to open a card and kick things off, and I can't remember the last time an opening fight on a fight night card sucked. We've seen a couple early prelim cards just blow for 25 fucking minutes, but I can't remember the last time an opening fight on a fight night card sucked.
3: Yeah, it's been a while, but that don't mean it can't
1: happen. Absolutely, (laughs) absolutely. But I think with these two ladies, I, I think this is a damn good fucking matchup. And they're both genuinely well-rounded mixed martial artists as well. So uh, I, I think that with the fact that they're so young but still have so much to offer here, I think it's a great way to look at the future of the sport, so to speak.
3: Yeah. Not the one that I would point somebody who's new to MMA to, though.
1: <laughs> Just saying. Well, that's going to bring us to the other side of that as we like to do things around here. So if you had to pick one match for the hardcore who just hasn't been keeping up, but you know that they'll watch when you tell them that match, what match would you tell the hardcore is the best one this weekend to look for?
3: That's a that's a fucking tough one for me. There are quite a few on there where if you haven't been watching for a while, there's a few where I would go, Hey, you might want to go check this out. Right. But um I would almost say I would almost go completely against MMA completely on this. If you're a hardcore fan, telling you tune into one. Don't watch Cade Rotolo, because he is going to beat the Brazilian and continue to keep his belt. That I fucking know. But go watch Ty Rotolo. Take on that fucking Russian. That is going to be a fantastic grappling match. Those two Rotolo brothers are fucking amazing as a whole. But watching Ty come up now with his fucking brother, and what's better is they're doing it at a catchweight. So it's not in a weight class. He's he's catch-weighting this fucking Russian guy. But I don't think this Russian knows what he's getting in for. Submission grappling, yes, that doesn't just mean Brazilian jiu-jitsu. So that includes, like, Sambo takedowns and shit like that. But those Rotolo brothers are on another fucking level, so I'm just saying if you're, if you're a hardcore fan and you want to watch a really great grappling, that's going to be a great one to watch. We already know his brother's going to keep the title. But watching Tire Tolo take on Murat at fucking catchweight, and it's submission grappling. It's not fucking jujitsu. It's submission grappling. So that includes judo, fucking sambo, all that other shit that includes some sort of grappling aspect to it where there's submissions involved. That's worth your fucking time. And it's going to be fairly early. So you'll be able to switch right back over and catch all the main sh- sh- shenanigans that are going on on Friday night.
0: Fuck yeah.
3: What
1: do you think, Christian?
2: Well, for me, i like a diehard fan. It's watched for a really long time. I feel like the best fight on the weekend... I mean, there's a lot of good stuff, you know, even the Chizora and Tyson Fury fight. If you're a diehard combat sports fan, you're probably going to enjoy that boxing match. But fucking Brian Barbarena versus Rafael Dos Anjos just feels like such a good potential fucking dogfight in a matchup. Dudes that seem to be in the UFC for decades. I know, you know, at least a decade for Rafael Dos Anjos. But okay. so fucking... Much experience in the UFC between these two guys, so much time, so tenured. Like we were talking earlier, it feels like Barbarin is older than he really is, just because of how long he's been in the fucking UFC. So a diehard fan, I think this is it. I mean, like, what what is what does RDA still have left? He he whooped Moicano's ass earlier this year, and then he he went toe to toe with Rafael Fiziev, even if he lost that fight and got finished. But what has he got left after that? Brian Barbarino, does he have the ability to somehow late in his career, kickstart a fucking run at something, right? And maybe fucking put himself in contention. Well, yeah. Because you would think like we were talking about earlier, I don't necessarily think it would jump him into the rankings, but it should pretty much get him damn close. Next fight should be against a ring fighter if he knocks out Rafael Dos Anjos. Yeah. Even if Dos Anjos isn't a well That should then, in my opinion, give Barbarino a ranked welterweight in his next fight. I mean, that. so there's a lot of excitement to be had here, just the fucking tenure of these guys, knowing how badass the both of them are, how tough of them, the both of them are.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can agree with both of those. Uh, I think mine for this one, excuse me, is a little bit different. Uh. If, if you're hardcore, you, you'll probably understand why I'm I'm picking the one that I'm picking here. But my choice for the hardcore recommendation is going to be on uh, Saturday night's BKFC 34 card, and it's actually the main event. It's Luis Palomino versus Tom Schoaf, and it's for two very, very important reasons to me, and I think the hardcores will will at least appreciate, if not understand and relate to my two reasons here. First and foremost... <laughs> Tom Show is a fucking can who has in no way, shape, or form earned himself a title shot, but is getting given one because they needed one to be taken on that night, which, as we talked about earlier with the fucking card coming up next weekend, nobody really is in favor of forcing a title fight on the night as opposed to forcing the right fight for the title. That makes a difference. But the second reason, and more importantly for me, It's because Tom Schoep is one of those assholes who's convinced that that fucking 1930s stupid fucking handlebar mustache is the key to his fighting prowess. And I cannot fucking express in words how much joy it gives my black little heart to see people with that stupid fucking thing on their lip get flatlined and wake up wondering what happened. So even if they don't agree with me, I think the hardcores will understand why I chose that.
3: No, that's definitely one to watch, and yeah, like I said, you're not gonna miss it by tuning in Friday night to fucking one.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that being said, uh, we will turn that over here. Um, with so fucking many cards going off this weekend, um what would you gentlemen think will be the best co main event? of all the cards that we've got to look forward to this weekend.
3: Oh, that's fucking easy. In my opinion, Car Motion Velasquez too on Bellator.
1: Uh, this weekend?
3: That's this weekend. I think that's in seven hours, think. Yeah, that's Friday. Friday night. Oh, no, that's next Friday. Fuck me. I got my Bellator cards mixed up.
1: That's what I was just gonna say. There's no Bellator card this weekend, oh, man. Shit. I'm looking at all the cards for this weekend, and there ain't a Bellator on the list.
3: <laughs> that's that's fucking that's next weekend. Yeah, they See, put
1: that card up against 282 for some fucking reason, which I will never understand. Okay.
3: Well, then in that case, that does change change the fucking outcome <laughs> here a little bit. Uh, fuck me. Uh, <laughs> in that case, I'm going one on Friday. Cade Ratolo, and Mathis Gabriel fucking i'm i'm down to go watch Cade rotolo go and fucking blast out another victory and keep that fucking title the kid's a fucking animal he really is if you're into submission grappling go watch Cade rotolo i'm telling you you will not be disappointed lightweight title on the line over there in one totally worth your time is the co-main event
1: What do
2: you say, Christian? No, uh, I, mean, for the co-main event, just because Golf team took the one, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say Barbarina and fucking Rafael Dos again. I mean, it just feels like repeating, <laughs> obviously low-hanging fruit, but I'm not gonna sit here and say that the co-main event of the BKFC card is gonna be better than Brian Barbarina versus Rafael Dos So,
1: I, mean, yeah. I can definitely obviously agree with that one for sure yeah who the fuck I do is you agree with, with
2: i do agree with uh you know tj that the rotolo fight on the one card probably going to be better in my opinion just because i enjoy the grappling aspect and shit so to me that that i agree it's going to be exciting but i'm also just excited for the ufc shit so this is as far as co-main event goes Rather watch UFC co main than (laughs) the (laughs)
1: BKFC. So I am actually gonna cheat because it's my show and I could fucking do that. Uh (laughs) for my choice, I'm actually going to pick the people's co main event, because technically it is still a co main event, it's just a people's co main event for the one championship one sixty-four card taking place at five o'clock in the fucking morning, Saturday. (laughs) Uh, In Brandon Vera versus Amir Ali Akbari, this is two of, in my opinion, the most genuine, dangerous, heavyweight, mixed martial artists outside of the UFC, and at one point, this was called to be the potential super heavyweight or excuse me, super, I say in air quotes, heavyweight fight of one championship and through life's various twists turns and fuckery of foul coming into play they have neither one of them found themselves in title contention but at this point finally got the point where those two get to take off against each other and there is genuine bad blood between these two these are two big dudes who both have the ability to go the whole fucking three rounds at full fucking force and at any point in those three rounds, knock the other guy the fuck out from anywhere the fight may be. Uh, I am very excited to see how that fight, of almost anything else on that card, that fight, I am excited to see how it plays out. I'm not going to stay up till 4 o'clock in the fucking morning to watch it, but I'm definitely going to look for that replay when I wake up. <laughs> <laughs> so... Now, with that being said, obviously, we're going to have to turn that coin over and go to the other side of that here. So with all of these cards going on this weekend, my question then becomes, gentlemen, what is the best main event headlining out the weekend of all these nine fucking cards or whatever the hell we got going on? (laughs) I don't think there's a such thing as low-hanging fruit here. It's
3: Wonderboy Thompson and Kevin Holland, bar none, period, across the board. I don't care if you call it low-hanging fruit or not. That's it.
1: Probably the best fight of all of the cards, to be quite honest. I think that's pretty fair, yeah. What do you think, Christian? I
2: fully 100% agree. I mean, um, if my buddy Tyson Hicks' fight wouldn't have gotten fucked this week, I would have been able to just pull some homer shit out like that and be like, oh, he's got main event, best main event of the week, you know, pull some corny shit like Jed Machu or something like that. But uh, no, I mean – TJ's right. That's the best fucking fight of the weekend in my eyes. Wonder Boy versus fucking Kevin Holland is going to be fantastic. It's an awesome main event. Um, As far as pageantry goes, like spectacle, Tyson Fury's fucking main event fight against Chisoro, that'll probably be fun to watch. You know, they'll probably knock the fuck out. As an overall fight, (laughs) Wonder Boy and the Big Mouth is going to be fantastic. Mainly just because I feel like we're we're gonna get a show. Like it's gonna be constant back and forth striking between the 2 of them. of 'em. We're gonna get to see Kevin Holland actually talking some shit. Oh man. It's just like I said, just praying to the MMA gods. You can take all fourteen. Right. Except for that <laughs> one. Any of
1: the other fights, leave that one the fuck alone.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, I completely agree wow. on, on all counts here. Uh I I am almost almost morbidly curious just to see how fast Tyson Fury is going to knock Derek Chisora the fuck out I'm there's a weird dark part of my heart that really wants just to see Fury come out and go fuck you and then try and outdo what Deontay Wilder just did to the <laughs> fucking homeboy and just like try and speed knock him the fuck out and just get it done and be like fuck you Deontay you're still my bitch <laughs> but Again, that's that's more for like the the pageantry and the the fun show side of it. Uh, I I do agree the, the the fucking main event that everyone needs to be fucking watching, regardless of what else you tune into this weekend is Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus Kevin Big Mouth Holland. As, aside from being just a great fucking fight stylistically, there's a genuine chance we might get to see a 25-minute conversation with the fight taking place. It might be a fight with its own director's commentary, for fuck's sake. <laughs> like, it's going to be a good fight as well. But then there's that factor to just make it that much more fun. So y- you can't be mad yeah, at that.
2: That's the thing that just fucking gets me all hyped up and just tickling the pickle and just imagining the both of them just crack each other with a shot and wonder boy's just like oh that was a fucking good one man and then he pops kevin holland he's like oh shit that yep. hurt and just, the whole time it's just that they're just punching each other just bap bap oh dude that was a fucking good one. Oh shit you almost had me there Yep.
1: Yeah, I think that's going to make that fight just fucking spectacular. And stylistically, they could potentially do that for 25 minutes and be awesome or do that for a minute and seven seconds and then somebody goes to fucking sleep. It it will be entertaining and awesome either way, I think. So I I think that's definitely definitely the way to go. So with that being said, uh, obviously we're not going to have a fifth round because we don't have a pit going on. So what I am going to take this moment to do, though, is something that I'm not going to promote in the name, I'm not even going to promote it in the description. This is something that I'm going to do just for the fans. And I've talked it over with the gentleman here, and they are 100% in agreement with me here. Seeing as how this is the season of giving, I would like to do something to make somebody's season a little bit better. Um, between now and the final episode of the year for us, which will be, let's see, uh, 15th, uh, right? sucks. the 15th the 15th will be our, our final card here for the UFC on the 17th so from now December 1st until December 15th at 12.01am we will say at any point in time between now and then come back to this video and I will repeat it again at the end of the next video And you can come back to next week's video after it is aired. And it is back as an actual video, not just a live stream. And comment. I don't care who you are. I don't care where you're from in this world. I don't care what you celebrate. This time of year can be rough for everyone. So if I can do something to make it just a little bit easier for anybody, no matter where you are, that's what I want to do. So what I want in exchange, I want you to come back to either this video or next week's video and just comment. Happy holidays that's it one entry per person i don't care if you follow me or not i would appreciate it if you did obviously but i don't care where you are in the world i don't care how old you are because the prize is just going to be a gift card and the winner will be able to choose that gift card you want 20 bucks for starbucks cool you want some best buy bucks you got it you went and you want some fortnite dollars that's what we will get you but it will be something to learn no matter where you are we can get it to you make the holiday season just a little bit better but again This isn't something we're advertising this is just for you fans so again at any point between december 1st and december 15th 2022 come back to this video or next week's i'm no joe video and just comment happy holidays the 15th before that show goes live we will get together as a group we will enter all the names in we will random generator we will pick a winner and then we will message that winner and we will announce the winner during that show so you can verify it's not one of those message me on fucking whatsapp or whatever bullshits you will never get one of those from me that is never me I don't fucking use whatsapp that is clearly about if you ever get one of those tell it to fuck right off I won't even block your comments they can go fuck themselves this is for the fans of the show we appreciate you so you've got two weeks good luck to everyone that being said once our show is over if you'd like We'd like, if you'd like it, like, and subscribe. Make sure your notifications are turned on whether you're here Thursday nights on I'm no Joe for the YouTube version, youtube.com slash I'm no Joe, or you're catching this the week later in all audio format, anchor.fm slash I'm no Joe through your podcast consumption platform of choice, whichever the case may be. Please make sure you are turned your notifications on and you are subscribed wherever that platform is. If you would like to really help what we do around here, best way to do that, patreon.com slash I'm no Joe. For as little as a dollar a month you can get your name on the end of every broadcast on this channel also get access to behind the scenes unaired and literally unairable things that we've got in the archives things that even only fans wouldn't let us keep live so the buck's worth it i promise you that being said once the show is done we're not done you still got to wait tomorrow morning and pretty much every friday morning over on spreaker.com to tune into our buddy christian here's slow bake and contemplate podcast with the brother Vinny. you can also catch him over on instagram.com slash 420 as well so don't miss out on all the goodness oh, oh
2: you
3: want to go first
0: <laughs> oh
3: my god yeah and in case you forgot we don't just do kicky punches around here. That specifically goes for the meter himself. You look right down in the description below. You can go down to linktree slash the meter does many things and find links to all of the glorious things that the meter does. So that's not just here on Thursdays. He comes and hangs out with me on Wednesdays. He has other shit going on as well. Go find him on Instagram. They, there's all of the links right there. Linktree for a reason. They call it tree. It's a tree of everything. Go click on it. And while you're at it, you're feeling good, go click on patreon.com slash I'm no Joe. Support us. Help us out a little bit. We'll help you. Remember, happy holidays. do not care what fucking holiday you're celebrating. I don't. <laughs> but happy holidays to you anyways. Damn right.
2: All right. And then I'll finish up. Make sure you always fucking go over every Wednesday night fucking fogged up fairway on youtube the brother tj hosts a fantastic vape fucking what, what do you call it stream podcast you want to call it a podcast i don't know if you put it, the audio up on other platforms. i don't put
3: audio up it's strictly on, on youtube you. just a live stream but Yeah,
2: every wednesday around nine o'clock you know standard, standard time for... <laughs> make sure you check out the fogged up fairway every wednesday And like the brothers have said, happy holidays. Make sure you fucking, that's all you got to do. Comment happy holidays. Get get yourself a chance to fucking get something nice.
1: Hell yeah. So with that being said, we're going to call that all for this particular evening. So if you do like what we get up to around here, please make sure you give us that thumbs up. On the other side of that coin, though, if you don't like what we get up to around here, first and foremost, what the fuck are you still doing this deep into a podcast you didn't enjoy? That being said, give us a thumbs down and then go fuck yourself. We won't even dispute it. That being said, we're calling that all for this particular episode. So until next time, boys and girls, remember, don't let ignorance stop you. You can root for anything. Unless you think that because your taxes are under investigation, you can't release them.
0: How do I say goodbye?